This is an Adventures in Middle-Earth actual play using Fantasy Grounds. You can find session summaries, items and characters on the World Anvil, where our campaign is called In the Shadow of the Mountains. You can find links to that and our other forms of media for our sessions, as well as an index of this episode in the description. This episode will have some jump cuts to speed up the sessions, and apologies for the occasional yawn from one of the doddering old fools playing. Must have missed this afternoon nap. Previously on... A job well done, the Fellowship took a break for a few months. Amalfrida decided to spend time with her people back at Bjorn's Hall. Hathas and Monan travelled south to Rosgabal, opening it up as a sanctuary. While there, Monan's despair lessened, but Sigmar, back at Woodland Hall, was unable to shake the grip of dark foreboding from his experience in Irame's harrowing dream. Hearing reports of shadow, Radagast tasked the party to head north to Haldfast of Mountain Hall. This woodman leader should know of any evil doings in the area. Gaining gifts from the Brown Wizard, the Fellowship headed back to the wilderness where they were set upon by wolves. Victorious, the friends continued their journey. You do need to make a an exhaustion check. Uh, you're about a third of the way through the journey. So the way uh, exhaustion will work, it's DC 10 because it's pretty easy going. And there are some modifiers from journey tasks. The guide, the scout and the hunter can modify this positively depending if they if they succeed in some skill checks. So I believe, Hathis, you're the guide? Probably, yes. It rings, rings a bell. So it's DC, give me a DC 10 uh, mm-hmm. wisdom survival check. Wisdom. It's easy going. Yeah, survi- survival. survival. Yeah. Uh, skills, survival, good. Yeah, so, so just remember that everyone gets to add plus two on their con check for exhaustion because basically you found a good route that was not very tiring. So everyone gets uh, plus two. Cool. Amalfrida, you give me a wisdom survival check as well. For, it's uh, to see if you can catch enough food to create a lot of hearty meals during the journey, basically. Oh, oh I think so. That's funny. Oh, you eat it, you're, you're eating finest venison smoked over the fire and all sorts. That's, that's another critical. Wow, the criticals uh, have a good impact on the arrival side as well. You've got three natural 20s so far uh, in this journey. We're going to arrive um, in golden carriages, sort of flanked by eagles. And coins, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's plus four. And then the final one, let me just do for... Sigma. That's dex. Well, 19, absolutely nailed it. Right. Okay, guys, so, you're not going to be, I don't think, unless you really roll low, you get plus six on a DC 10 con save. So if everyone makes a con save. Plus six. <laughs> wow. Look at those rolls, guys. None of you get exhausted. And, um, I, okay, so you're over the other side of the river then, having met some of your friends from Stonyford. Well, people you know from Stonyford. Fake <laughs> <laughs> <Frank> acquaintances who <laughs> begrudgingly nod to us. Um, and the, the West Anduin Vales over the river are bleak, much bleaker than the East Anduin Vales. East Anduin Vales are, uh, are, are kind of like a river, fairly open river valley with lush pastures and stuff. This is much more hut, moorland fells, that kind of thing, as you can see by that image. And as you're going up towards the mountains uh, into the foothills, it gets really quite hilly quite yep. quickly. I think um, you split the journey, didn't you? You said we'll do it was it was easy terrain up to Stonyford, and then it'll be a whole new set of rolls after Stonyford, where the terrain would be harsher. It is, yeah. So what? Um, for, this is now DC 15, not DC Ooh. 10, to move through <gasps> this area. Uh, world of shit. Da, da, da. So um, what I actually the other thing you should also get is. Uh, corruption rolls. Um, hey! Oh God! Potential, even even while travelling. Crikey! Through free lands, which you were you were travelling in borderlands, an area can still be blighted on the roll on a roll of a one on a d twenty. So one of you, if you want, roll a d twenty to see if you basically hit any corrupt areas as, during the travel. I'm not doing that. <laughs> Is it just an unmodified d twenty? Unmodified D20, you've got a 5% chance of, uh, of crossing. Any, an any volunteers? Hell no. Oh, fuck it. I'll do it then. Right, stand back, everyone. <laughs> You're fine. Okay. So <laughs> I've saved you all. No corruption for the, the first part there. You're all okay. So the next part of your journey is going to be about 80 miles um, through tougher terrain. This is like moderately difficult terrain. It's a DC 15 now. Um, you plan a route and uh, you're okay with that, but you now get uh, to make a an exhaustion check at, against DC 15 oh, on geez. a tougher area of road. So what I need to, for the guide, the scout, and the huntsman again to make 
uh, checks. Oh, I rolled a one. <laughs> Splash club. <laughs> Help, I've fallen in. <laughs> For some reason, Hath has directed you over the worst, craggiest <laughs> scree slopes imaginable <laughs> throughout the entire... Yeah, so that's uh, no no bonus from a good road taken. Uh, the scout, <laughs> Sigmar, if you do a either intelligence investigation check or a dex stealth check. That's better. Uh, scout, good man. scout did a good job. So soft bed and a warm fire. You at least had that every night. And then Amalfreda, give me a uh, huntsman check, which is wisdom survival. Uh, oh, nearly. Find good food. Nearly. Oh, damn it. Not quite. So you get plus two on the exhaustion save now, uh, only this time. So give me an exhaustion check. Sorry, give me a con, con? save at plus two. Amalfreda is fine. Oh, fuck's sake. Uh, Sigma is fine. Moaning is fine, but... Hathas is puffed out. is absolutely knackered. So, <laughs> Puffing. Stupid bloody hills and mountains. Woods are much better. Uh-oh. One, one level of exhaustion there. That's a That gives you a penalty now to checks. Downward spiral. Not, not gonna, yeah, exactly. Not going <laughs> to help you. That was all getting there. You, I've already rolled. You did not have any other encounters. And you eventually, after a tough for Hathas period of time, as you're going towards uh, through the West Anduin Vales, the scenery gets more and more bleak and more and more remote. The terrain on the West Bank is tough to navigate. Fewer known trails. Uh, you struggle up rocky slopes, navigate tangled gorse and thorny plants. It's tough going. Hathas did not do a good job finding <laughs> routes through it. You find what is a very, very fast-flowing, uh, very icy cold river, almost like snow melt type temperature, coming down a valley and bearing in mind what your discussions with Radagast where you believe this is the river that would lead up to Mountain Hall, and you kind of start following it up. It's tumbling down from the Misty Mountains, by the looks of things. They churn and the waters churn and cascade around the hall as you round a corner, you see a fairly majestic sight in front of you, which is that. Uh, so Mountain Hall itself is built in this inner valley, a very steep-sided valley and probably or possibly dwarven construction at some point, looking at how well that, that is made. And as you start walking out, up to it and you cross over a bridge, uh, sorry, you come up to the bridge going up there, you're challenged on the other, on the other side by an oldish human in military gear uh, who says, stay where you are, strangers. Your journey has led you here to seek our hail. No, to seek our hall. I see, I see your warriors. I must ask who you are. In the name of Hartfast, head of the House of Mountain Hall. I am Brother Hathas, a scholar, um, fresh come from speaking with Radagast. Oh, yeah, no, a wood, fellow woodman, I see. Um, are these, can you vouch for your colleagues here? Absolutely. All right. Uh, I'll whisper, apart from the dwarf, he's as dodgy as they go. <laughs> <laughs> no, wait. Um, can you give up your, your weapons? No weapons in the hall. Uh, it depends. Um, Would you guide it, guard it with your life? Because if you lose my weapon, you'll lose your life. He bristles a bit of that and says, uh, "Well, keep it safe." Well, you get by. Yeah, good. I shall. I shall hand over my low-grade bow and arrow and my staff. I could do a Gandalf, um, and but I won't. Hathas, give me a, a traditions check. Oh, for some reason I've got advantage. I don't know why. No disadvantage. You are oh, okay. Oh, I'm exhausted. You're oh. exhausted. You fumbled. <laughs> you don't, yeah, you don't spot anything untoward. He does seem to be pretty offensive to Monin. And it was probably, look, took one look at Monin and asked for the weapons. To, that's the impression you got, asked for the, you everyone to hand over your weapons. So do you hand them over, yeah? Yes. Well, Monin was right. probably say something to about, um, that, that's just the, the foe crusher. Legendary dwarf weapon. He looks look, looks at the looks at his companions, making sure they're not giving anything away. If anything should happen to this, you'll bring down the wrath of the dwarves upon this hall. Are you sure you want that responsibility, or shall I take it with me? Give me a traditions check uh, yourself, Ronan. <laughs> what the fuck's yep, a tradition? I'm fully prepared to take that responsibility, dwarf. <laughs> uh, and he he picks up all your weapons. There's a a, a kind of guard post there and uh, takes him inside puts him in a what you see through the door puts him in like a, a lock 
cupboard uh, in there and just like bars it and ushers you in to go into the mountain hall area itself. I'll, I'll give you, I'll share a map of mountain hall. It's got some numbered areas on it, but so you can have a have a look around as you go. Each one of those squares is about 10 feet. So you're just now at the bridge. So north and west of Mountain Hall, the river cuts through a steep gorge. East of the hall, the river clings to the sheer slopes of the mountain on one side, and it's too swift and cold to fall. So this bridge is about the only way over mm -hmm. to, to it. It's a very, very defensible location. Um, the women have fortified this river over the years by placing sharpened stones along the west bank to further dissuade trespassers. You can see that there. There are like very, very sharp flint-edged rock around the river that's been put there. The approach road as you walk around the corner seems to be the only an obvious way up to the hall. Mm -hmm. uh, it cuts back and forth across the mountainside and that its narrowest is wide only in for probably a single cart. Uh, the ramp is lined and carved with stones to ward off evil spirits like that one you saw in the image. There is sort of gurning faces of and carvings down the whole length of the road. It was here that that house three on your right there is the doorkeeper's house. That was where the old warrior put your weapons and then you go down the slope the other side and start going into there's a lot of more, lot more buildings building four is a great great house by the looks of things very high ceiling heart of the settlement it looks like almost like a feast hall five it looks like looks to be a trading post and it's the first well stocked uh, i'll say you walk, walk around and have a look at all of these so i'll go through four first so high ceiling Heart of the settlement, high timber walls, and it's kept warm by three huge fire pits down the middle. One of the fire pits is, looks like it's been burning for a long, long time. Some of the phone, stones around it are cracked, um, but the, the, the hall itself, considering the height you're in in the mountains, is, is really warm. Five is a trading post uh, where farriers, hunters, and farmers normally barter for the the work of the forges and the mines in the area, but there are also supplies available there for sale. I'll unhide this. If you wanted to buy anything, you can actually buy stuff from there later. Six is an entrance to the mine. Uh, there is a mine here at the back of the village is the entrance to the mines worked by the mountain folk. And you learn that there are multiple other mines further up the gorge. Uh, this is just one where the settlement was built and another two mines over the mountains on the other side as you go into an area door from uh, the wilderness. Seven is the berg itself. Uh, tall, this tall tower was raised by a great chieftain of the mountain folk. His daughter, said to be the most beautiful maiden ever seen in Wilderland, cast herself from the top of the tower when her lover was slain in battle with dwarves. So that may explain why they don't like Monin so much. Uh, her body was never found. One story claims that the remorseful dwarves found her and placed a drowned half-dead body in a crystal coffin where she sleeps until her lover returns from beyond the land of the dead. Um, and that's just something both you as a woodman and you as Monin, you know that legend. Um, both of you know that. Um, and eight, that's where Hartfast, yeah. that's his house. A uh, large house at the home of Hartfast, son of Hartmut, Head of the House of Mountain Hall. Uh, it's always busy and full of life. Heart, <laughs> this is quite funny. Hartfast sired five sons and seven daughters, and there's more grandchildren than he can remember or bother to count. So he's a, he's a bit of a character all round. <laughs> there you go. So that's where that's what um, you you determine. The mine itself is interesting, and Monin, you'll particularly find that fascinating. The mine looks deep and old. It's not well constructed like a dwarven mine would be it's you would call it child's idle scratchings in the in a hillside really rather than a mine but um i'm sure it intends to yeah <laughs> repeatedly <laughs> to anyone who'll listen the walls and floor are slick with water icy icy water drops from above uh, and the torchlight makes the walls glitter it looks like they dig metallic ore copper and tin and iron predominantly but you discover that they have found some gold in in the mines here and no uh moria silver that everyone everyone is hoping to find this this part of the mountain so it's basically more mundane metals they find there so that's the settlement where do you want to go what time of day is it please what's the weather like please <laughs> <laughs> It is uh, about 11 in the morning, and oh, you're... You don't have to, John, I'm really joking. 
I'm I'm so no, I'm, I'm not doing. No, you've asked for it now. I think I've turned the weather I've turned the weather feature off actually, so it'd be a bit a bit of effort. Um, roll a d20 and uh, let me know what you get, Modin. It's your responsibility. How good the weather is now? Not so good. Uh, it's it's yeah, drizzle and pretty cold as you come up. Uh, you've got your cloaks around you. That's patters his teeth are chattering as you come into the settlement. I probably shouldn't say this, but didn't you say something about corruption checks? I did. You've got, yeah, roll a, another d20 <laughs> on a one. You get the chance to suffer from corruption. Is this individually, each of us? Or no, just, just one. It's just one uh, to see if you've passed a corrupt area. Ooh, I shouldn't have said that way. Ah, oh, you see, now I get a 19. Oh. Yeah, absolutely fine. So okay, we get anti-corruption so, from. Yeah, you can explore a bit. Where do you want to go? Hathis is strangely drawn to the shops. It's looking for Kendall Mint cake. <laughs> some, some warm food and stuff. So. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you, if you click on the trading post, there is an inventory there. Oh, inventory. Here we go. Oh, arrows, axe. So you can you can literally drag stuff out of there. And it's so long as you've got coins on your character sheet, you can buy them at whatever the list price is. And you can actually sell things to the shop at 60% of purchase price as well oh my word so the pink things are the things you can buy no pink things are uh weapons and the like tan colored stuff are armor the rest is more mundane things gotcha oh i'm afraid to board a broadsword anyone else want to buy anything oh he's got some carpenter tools nice <laughs> sigmar's gonna do some whittling he can make his own ladder none of this buying your ladder he'll make his own for Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I found the busy, bustling market. Yeah. Just around the corner. Uh, Sigma's bought a crowbar. <laughs> oh. oh. We've had a lot of positive experience with crowbars in uh, Stuart's campaign. <laughs> positive experiences <laughs> with crowbars. It's like getting out of jail free. Uh, yeah, whenever, quite literally. Stuck. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it solves most problems. I want to know who's singing in the background. Oh, it's going to ask the same up. thing. They're a cheerful bunch, aren't they? Stuck out here. Oh, studded corslet. Oh, they didn't have any of that. No, oh, oh, 45. I can't afford it now. Now I've spent, I've bought my book and my ink and my pens and stuff. I can't, I'll have to just <laughs> come back you can later. sell it again. Yeah, but only at 60%. <laughs> Sorry, no, he's a lover, not a fighter. Okay, uh, let me know when you're done on the shopping spree, and we can. Hathas is shopped till he drops. Hathas is done. I've bought Hathas a studded corslet, so I don't know how to give that to him. I don't know where I drag it into. Oh, the oh, party. It party sheet. Just grab it out of the party sheet. Yeah. Bloody hell! Thank you very much. Uh, so that's, I can. That's not a gift, brother. But uh, you can when you get the money together. Just don't <laughs> give me your last coins. Just when you get them, give them to us. Okay. I'd rather, I'd rather the blows bounced off you than having to stand over you. <laughs> I'm class 14. Oh, it's never been so high. It hasn't. All right. So where do you want to go next, guys? Next job. Well, now they took those weapons off, we've all bought weapons, so... <laughs> <laughs> Tall back up. <laughs> Let's go back so... and see the doorman and just tell him that, yeah, your plan worked really well. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you scamps. Actually, <laughs> um, why don't we just go back and say, we've got you some more. We'll be back in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> you just look after these. <laughs> just keep loading them up. There's none left in the store. We've got all of the weapons now. So. Yeah, but you know that he is then running back to the store through the back door, putting them back on the shelves. We're the ones losing the money. Yeah. So let's buy all their weapons and then lay siege to the place. That'll show them. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah, we need to go and speak to Thingy and ask what news. Unfortunately, Hathus, who normally does the talking, is zombified and dead on his feet and not his normal, charming, diplomatic self, which is why I asked what time of day it was. Can we just <laughs> crawl into bed, get some kip, wake up bright eyed and bushy tailed in the morning? But it's 11 o'clock in the afternoon. Well, it's probably lunchtime by now. Awesome. Now we've done some sh serious shopping. Sigmar can schmooze a little. If you're happy to, go for it. So, Hartfast looks like the Misty Mountains 
craggy features, absurdly tall, and the wild shock of white hair. Golden armlets, or sorry, amulets are braided into his grey beard. He's seen more than 50 winters here in the mountains, but he's yet unbowed. He does lean on a stout walking stave more than he used to, but he can still swing an axe or draw a bow with the best of his grandsons. He is in uh, here in the hall. Um, you had to wait to see him. Uh, mm -hmm. Looks like he's doing ruling um, on various things, various disputes. But after an hour and a half, two hours, and a, and a lunch, and after your shopping, you are ushered in to to see him. I shall okay. bow before him. Um, meetings hard fast. Yeah, so he's uh, just put, put him at the back of the hall. He's on a dais, uh, so move, move yourselves into the hall. Um, he's on a dais at the top. It's definitely, it's like um, there are some seating areas around the dais, which he ushers you into. Uh, so you know and have heard of him, Hathas. Mm -hmm. And you know, <laughs> Sigmar's picking his pocket. You know that. Um, He's got a nickname amongst the woodland folk of the tallest dwarf. <laughs> Not coming out with that one. <laughs> but, but I know, you, absolutely, it's an offensive phrase, but hes you know he's st stubborn, prideful, and standoffish. Have I told my colleagues this on the way to this place? No, uh, you, only you know right now. He kind of, he doesn't <laughs> stand when you come in. He's well above you. He's probably about five feet off the floor where you are on this sort of stairs up to a dais. And he's sitting there in a generally in a throne and he's looking down his nose at you. He doesn't, doesn't stand up when you come in. Mm -hmm. um, right. What do you need? I haven't got all day. Uh, greetings, Hartfast. We've been sent to uh, make inquiries by the wizard... Radagast. His nostrils flare a little bit at the mention of Radagast, and he says, um, "Does he look all right? I'm impressed. What does what does the old fool want? Ah, rumours. Rumours have been spreading and come to Radagast's ears, and he wishes us to uh, find out the truth behind them. And you, as a man of wisdom and import, um, are the person we need to see." Well, okay, you've cut talking to the right person. Rumours. Hmm. Heard rumours of, of evil abroad. Orcs moving across Wilderland. Evil things stirring up. Before I speak to you, what what have you heard on your travels here? I take it you've come from Roscobel? Yes, we were waylaid by wolves, but other than that, we seem to have escaped the eye of evil. Okay. Hmm. Well, there's something afoot down in, down south in the Gladden Fields. Always trouble in those parts around Dwimmerhorn. I pay it little heed. I've got enough worries in the mountains. Is that all? Modin's going to stay. Modin's saying tactfully silent. Dwimmerhorn, you say? It doesn't ring a bell. So he goes on to explain. Uh, well, Dwimmerhorn is an old fort made by evil folk that sits on a stony hillock in the marshes. No, at least it usually does. It moves of its own accord, so they say. It's never been in the same place twice. I think it's all rumours to me, but said by the mountain folk around these parts of the fort was built by servants of the necromancer many years ago. It was abandoned by the enemy several times in the past, but it draws dark things to itself, and it's never empty for long. You can tell he's a bit sceptical about this. And there, there is a... It looks like there is a... Like it's a couple of advisors and a scribe standing around, um, and he looks at them, almost like willing them to say, "Don't be an idiot" or something. And they don't, fortunately. From what he knows, it was somewhere on the western parts of the Gladden Fields, and he basically says, "Yeah, there may be some local hunters around there that know more about it. There's there's some trappers and hunters around around those parts who may may know more about that. Well, there's some trappers come up here selling." selling stuff that they've caught down there. So uh, ask them. That's pretty much all we had to go on. Radagast asked what, asked us to ask you what news? Mm. What news? Well, there's an old greybeard in the back of the room who stands up and he kind of hobbles over towards you. He says, uh, my lord, um, if I may, I saw it with my own eyes at Dwimmerhorn when I was a young man. It's great black rock. It's 
it's a, like a poking up out the marsh it is uh, it's a fortress on top of it and there's only one way up a narrow path and it's watched by many eyes i never went up there myself it's always well protected orcs and worse things dwell in there it's reputed to be haunted as well but and then he looks over at moan in particularly tales speak of dungeons and treasures delved deep into the black rock below some people say that the rock actually fell from the sky yep when it looks a little bit and, more uh, his interest a bit more piqued by that you see uh, behind you there is a uh, pretty obviously a trap it looks like a woodman it's got some a nice fur around him that's that's probably from a bear um and really really he looks really well dressed and fairly affluent he looks like a trader and he said he says i couldn't help overhearing my lord but um i'm a hunter come to the halls of trade i've been doing for several years mutterings around the taverns last night the several hunters who come to mountain hall to trade haven't been seen for several weeks now something may have may have happened down there down where oh and hang on he's talking to his lord isn't he i better keep my mouth shut <laughs> Heartfast says, "All in good time. Wait your turn. What else do you want from me? I can have some of my menials talk to you. I've got worries closer to home, to be honest." What would Um, that that be? The the, maybe the imminent collapse of your mine. (laughs) Heartfast says, "What do you know?" Oh, about mining? Oh, not much. I'm just a dwarf, you know. Have you taken a look? I did. I had a quick look, and then I thought I'd better back away before it fell over on top of me. We could do with your help. Listen, listen, he says, come here. And he seems not phased by you as a dwarf at all, Monin. And he goes out to the back wall, uh, and it looks like the back wall of this place is a spur of rocks just sticking out of the ground. And he says, look, look listen here. And he, he pours a glass of water on the floor, and he puts it to his ear and then touches it to the rock. And then he gives it to you and encourages you to do the same. Okay, yeah, we'll do the same. You can hear a very, very faint tap, 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 tap coming from the glass. And you would swear it's a hammer on stone, but a mile underground, based on your knowledge of mining and forging and stuff. But Goblin looks up at you and sneers and he said, Goblins, they dig in search of our mine shafts and tunnels they want to find a secret way into my hall we've called loads on the surface but there are many many more dangerous ones down there in the dark that's the kind of news we wanted to hear rather than rumors of some mythical ghostly marsh rock when we radigas asked for what news i think this is the kind of thing he would like you to be telling us <laughs> oh you say that to make, me make Yes, yeah. I'm a bit... Yeah, he's basically treated us like absolute idiots so far. I'm not being too annoyed, but I'm making a point. What do you want me to do, John? Bearing no, in mind, that's fine. This... No, be, uh, there'll be a final audience check at some point. Monin's going to stand beside him and look towards Hathis and just let look to his side towards the Halfast and go... <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> Um, Hathis will sit down in, a, in an obvious sulk. <laughs> so, listen, Lord, uh, listen, Lord, uh, Radagast is, is his lord. And I think you're being disrespectful to the wizard. I mean, I don't, I don't disagree with you because I mean, the man has the bird shit in his head, but uh, or on his head. I shouldn't say in his head, but uh, he is a venerable, <laughs> well-known, and uh, well-informed person. I, I I like the old bugger, really. He does demand a lot of us without giving a lot of help in return. Where was he when the wolves came out of the mountains last winter? Well, he said he sent some like, birds. We don't need bloody birds. We need warriors from stout shields. But anyway, he's done us pretty good. He makes sure we get food through when the stores are running low. So I shouldn't really moan about the old bugger. He looks over at you again, moaning. He says... Um, Dwarf, we need to talk more. Don't have time now, but um, do you know King Dane? Dane? Not Dwarf. That's a bit like an American saying, have you met the Queen? <laughs> King Dane, Erebor. Oh, the big man. Oh, I. <laughs> Nonchalantly. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, Uncle, Uncle, Uncle Dave. Yeah, um, yeah. We yeah. need. We could do with some mining, mining advice. Let's talk later about that. I and some dwarven axes to get down with them goblins. All of all of which would be helpful. All right, I'm going to have who's done most of the talking. I have Monin do an audience check now, which will influence basically just how much additional help he he offers you after after the conversation's gone. So Can Hathas give his inspiration to Monin for this? <laughs> I would. Hathas probably should shut up for the rest. <laughs> yeah, no, but he's got an inspiration point. So can he donate it, or is it only for himself? Uh, you can. It's almost like you don't think he's going to be good at persuading people or whatever he has to do. Oh, I do. It's just, it's quite an important result. So that everything we can do to make it better. So you, know, you get plus three on the audience check based on what you've described, uh, Monin. And it's persuasion, I think you need to do. Or traditions, one of the two. You want it in the open? And Yeah, everyone can see it. Now, are you giving an inspiration point? Yes, I am. Have this, so cross that off, make it I an have advantage, Monin. Good luck. Oh, thank yeah. goodness. Okay. Cheers, Chris. <laughs> well, he says, looking over at you, Master Dwarf, we will speak later on this. Um, please stay around at the hall for a few days. Avail yourself of our, uh, our supplies here. We'll give you some accommodation. I'll even offer you some some supplies for your journey south, if that's where you're going, to look into these uh, rumours down there. Can't really say fairer than that. Let's meet in two nights for dinner. He talks, he's talking to Manning specifically about what you may be able to help with. But I wish you every success and hope you are able to uh, bring some more more stories to Radagast around the, the peril up in the mountains. It's not all free-flowing metal and ore going east from here. It's We work very hard for everything we've got here. Uh, just relay that message back to Radagast if you can. Hi. All right. He like dismisses you. Next, uh, looks over at the the hunter that was in behind you, and the hunter sort of bows and and he's as he's walking up, he go, as he's going past uh, Amalfrida and Hathis, he says, uh, "I would talk later with you on the huntsman who's disappeared." Um, yeah, I'll he, nod. I'll catch his eye and definitely nod because I was going to say the same thing. Um, and then he, yeah, he he goes in and you're ushered out. Uh, you're ushered out of the uh, the hall again. I shall clap Monin on the shoulder and say, well done. What for? I was trying to insult him. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes attack is the best form of defence. <laughs> okay. Now, the most Sigma. important question, did anybody see a, uh, an alehouse along the way? So the, the main feast hall and stuff is for. Um, that's where it's like communal dining, beer and stuff is served in there, all of that kind of thing. Now, he said to see him in two days. Uh, the... Gladden, the glimmer of the Black Tower, is that doable to get there and back in two days? Gladdenfield, if you look on the map, is south of the River Gladden and south of the Wolfswood, if you remember where that was. Yeah. So you're talking in terms of miles, probably 1,900 miles. All right, crunky. Yeah, nothing happens overly fast in Middle-earth, so a couple of days isn't going to kill anyone. Just eat and drink ourselves silly in the the uh, communal hall cell two days. You might be able to find some backstory on the mines. People might say, yeah, this has happened, you know. Actually, that's a great idea. Yeah, let's, let's try and do that. And obviously, we can ask around about that Glimmerhorn and disappearing uh, traders, trackers, hunters, whatever they are down south, and any other rumour mathering. I've got a book and a pen and ink now. I can take notes and everything. So, <laughs> what exactly is your name? How do you spell that? And... So to the hall then, so uh, to get some rumours and just maybe some ale. <laughs> In that order, obviously. <laughs> Two rumours and a pint of ale, please. So you are given um, housing. So this seems to be like a guest house cool. from the uh, away to the back. You kind of impressed him. You didn't, um, you didn't piss him off too much. So you can dump some stuff there and then go <clears> and get some food if you want in, in four. Can we get our weapons back? Uh, not while you're in the hall. Uh, and in fact, actually, the weapons you purchase to take it up to the... Uh, I should have mentioned that. The, you get basically a receipt for them and they're taken up to be stored in um, in the building here. 
with your other weapons. And everybody else, apart from guards, presumably are all weaponless as well? Yeah, the only people with weapons are guards. Uh, so everyone else is weaponless. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, we'll drop a non-essential kit off at the bunkhouse and then go and find some food and, and maybe a medicinal ale. The one thing that they didn't take are unstrung bows. They left you with those because it takes... Basically, I think what they want to prevent is heat of the moment, drunken fighting using weapons. It takes a while to string a bow and then fire it, so that's not the kind of thing you do in a drunken brawl. So those kind of things were okay. You you can keep your like belt daggers and things. Uh, it's just your swords and axes and stuff that they took. Cool. Well, I'm packing a crowbar now, so that should do me. By <laughs> 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 like burglary. Alright, so you, you move yourself up to the hall. I'm like an Amalfrida's moniker. Widowmaker. Widowmaker. Ah, she's she butchered a few men, uh, men up and down the Bjorning Vales during her time off. So you go in there, someone just cross off a silver piece uh, for some scrag. Um, there's some really good, rich food here. A lot of stews and, and those kind of things. And you chow into it and really have a really good meal. Most of the people around seem to be miners, uh, traders, um, particularly. Um, and you can see there's quite a few carts and wagons um, dotted around horses in stables uh, and around the village. Um, and it looks like this is a fairly big training post, despite how hard it is to get to. Possibly way through the through the valley to Eridor from, from Wildland over the mountains from here. But yeah, there's there's quite a few of those type of people around. So who who are you kind of trying to look out for? Moaning's going to start with the miners. Okay, um, they're definitely the more raucous of the bunch, covered in like dirt, grime. You're very used to that uh, as a dwarf. A lot of the dwarves you knew worked in mining or forging, working with metal in some form, and you kind of even the smell, uh, the smell of metallic sort of rock smell is on them, um, and you kind of feel quite at home. Okay. Ah, look, there's a dwarf! One of them says, it's pretty hammered. Come on over here, Master Dwarf! And then they immediately change you to a drinking competition. Obviously. Yeah, okay. <laughs> there you sit with them. Now take a good sniff of them. Ah, smells like homeboys. Ah, drinking competitions. Covered in soot, covered in dirt. Come on, then. Drink! Over they, here! Uh, they get, <laughs> they get a, a jug of, like, dark beer from, from over at the bar and... Uh, Tankers are filled. Uh, they definitely, you've definitely got a head start on them in terms of sobriety. They're they're at least halfway gone already. And um, after a after a pint, um, which you wouldn't actually make a con a con check, just in case you like, no, you're fine. Um, yeah, you you win the win the first round of the drinking competition, and a bit of fire in your eyes and warmth in your belly. It's the first time you've had a, had a decent beer for weeks, it seems, and. Uh, they're quite genial company. Brilliant. He'll, he'll, he'll while the rest are doing whatever, he'll, he'll ingratiate himself and try and get into the conversation about goblin noises and what's going on in the mine, that kind of thing. Yeah, so um, you do find out that there is definitely, well, they, they think it's goblins or orcs or something more sinister underground, well underneath the mine. But that what they are concerned about is that the tapping... And they would assume tunneling that's going on is going round the clock now. It used to be months ago. It was when they first started hearing it. They thought they they kind of heard it and then didn't hear anything for days, and then it came back again. But now it's constant. So that's the one thing that's worrying them most. Okay. Okay. Anyone else want to do anything while while you're in here? Monin's having some beers with the miners. I don't think so. Hathis is getting more focused on getting some food and getting warm because this level of exhaustion saps him and he realises he is making mistakes and blundering a bit more than normal. He's lost his polish and charm for the moment, so he's keeping his mouth shut and his head down. He just wants to sleep. Yeah, he's chill to the bone. Drink more, Hathis. it will warm you up. <laughs> One middle finger extended towards the dwarf. <laughs> Hi, hi, one more. <laughs> Ronan has a right rollicking evening. And they invite you they invite you into the mines the next day, Monin, if you're interested. Um oh, De- we could definitely. do with a few yeah, I need they to like look at your shoulders and your biceps and go, uh, 
we could do with your strength on the shovels and uh they would laugh at that because you, you're far better dressed than they are um and your your armor's worth more than they take home in a year probably so um but they uh they they quite like being in the company of a, a heroic dwarf figure so <laughs> okay sigma will spend some time just talking to the the less um boisterous less drunk people and just you know just being friendly or not particularly digging yeah so you you find out yeah the the reason that the the store here is so well stocked is this is the main trading part of the region really pretty much west of the Anduin. this is the big biggest sort of trading area the work here is easy to come by it's hard the you find out that most of the woodmen who work here it's kind of seasonal work so they either come up in the winter to help guard the pass they mining is here all year round but most of the miners do not bring their families up here it's dangerous there have been goblin raids on the town um, the berg itself is very defensible but they've only uh, over the last 10 or 20 years even the sort of older guys can only remember that far back they've only had two or three goblin attacks that have required that they could pull back into the berg to defend it you, and you, you're not used to this you're a town dweller and you really thought goblins were more <laughs> little more than just rumors until mm. the last couple of years and these these people appear to kind of live in with the thread of them all the time i don't like it hmm. that horn's coming out at some point as well yeah <laughs> <laughs> so are we gonna go and investigate these goblins then i don't know if they're close enough to investigate at the moment i think that might be a longer term thing of getting some more help from more competent miners and maybe sort of like countermine them give me a stonework check in the tower moment oh well okay you would estimate that the sound that you heard of the tapping would probably be hundreds of yards underground maybe thousands of yards yeah and from what you saw of the mines you haven't been in them yet but they appear to be pretty horizontal going in when you looked at them um you don't know if they've they sunk shafts further into the mine yet you'll find that out tomorrow but it was very very far below the sound that you heard and you could you could hear as you went up to the mine sounds of mining that were a lot less muffled than that very easy to hear carried through the the open uh, side of the mine but you don't know you couldn't really estimate how long it would take to tunnel to the surface if that's what they are doing i mean would would when we say estimate we're not we're we talking days, weeks, months, hours. Oh, m many months, many months um, to get to the surface from how far down they are. They're not dwarfs, you're assuming. They're, no, they're goblins or orcs or something. So, if that's what they are, or bar rocks. <laughs> <laughs> so we aren't going to go and go to the Glimmer Rock or whatever it's called, or, or in the next two days. So we're basically sitting around chatting for two days. But what you, we can do is. Moaning can find out, do as much assessment of the mines, what it needs, what's good, what's bad, what it is, what it isn't. Sort of prepping for his meeting with Matey Boy in a couple of days' time. That's a good, great idea. Yeah, cool. That's what we'll do. Yeah, okay. So I'll, I'll wrap up the, the night in here. What, what you do find um, after about an hour, the well dressed hunter or tracker. Mm. Or trader comes comes in looking for you sits down um good <clears throat> and yeah he's got a bit of a frown on his face and he, he looks over and says um yeah i'm i am really concerned um we normally hunt around the should we say the fringes on the the west vales tends to be better game down there and i trade in pelts normally bear wolf those kind of things elk and some of the suppliers to me sorry he smiles some of the um trackers and hunters that i use normally they're very good and very reliable and i i do a round in with a wagon train of their camps uh, two of those camps were empty now they've only they normally work in small groups of one to three people but two of those camps that are, and i've been trading with these folk for eight ten years they were empty but and both within the last two months which worries me um mm, that sounds concerning yeah it's it's a, a, you know the well the gladden it's near the gladden river um probably 30 40 miles west of the anduin north Maybe or south north of the gladden or south 
south of the Glad. Uh, okay. Was where they where they disappeared. Definitely spend a bit of time talking to this chap to try and zero in as to where if we wanted to head to these places, sort of where they are. Yeah, um, so if you're looking at the map, it would be <clears throat> probably that kind of area. Uh, but south of the Glad. South yeah, of the, the Glad. Yeah. The yeah, southern so. hemisphere, whatever you call it. Hemicircle. Uh, and where do we think that dark tower is? What somewhere, moves? From what you hear, somewhere in the Gladden Fields, probably. We don't know exactly. So it could easily be linked. Could easily be linked. You know, it's, it's the same kind of theme, isn't it, of evil bases and people disappearing or people being taken, captured, killed. Yeah, yeah. So is the gold shield where we are, John? No, was that too far north? That's yeah. where you are. Okay, so we're not at the. I thought we were heading up the to the sort of the source of the Gladden kind of thing, but we're not. We're uh, no. This is where. So that's where you are right now, where the green thing is. Mountain Hall. Okay, cool. Okay. So, how concerned is this uh, hunter guy, and how rich does he look? He's he is concerned, uh, not for his personal safety, but probably more economically concerned. He didn't appear to give a shit whether the, the traders or the trackers were okay. Um, but he was more of around, uh, yeah, he was really got about 80% of the supplies of furs to trade this time that he was expecting. It's going to eat into his profit margins. Does it look like the, 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 the trappers' homes have been attacked, or does it just look like they've gone out hunting and something may have happened to them, or they have become delayed in some way whilst out going around their snares and traps and, and wherever they go, their routes? Yeah, so he, most of them trade from the spring right the way through to they don't they don't really come out a lot, a, a lot out in winter months so mm-hmm. they should have been hunting now for about maybe six eight weeks and he's not seen any sign of them from that that time he does say that one of the camps he's not even sure whether anyone has been there after the winter whether it was reopened but the other one definitely was there's like recent ashes in the fire and all that kind of stuff, but yet there was no one to be seen in the camp. Okay. In it's the, not like uh, the camp looks like it's been attacked, but there's just no one there. You can't find the people he would expect to be there. Yeah, it, it, exactly. There, there are no signs of attack on the camp. There's like splintered doors or anything. Mm. The work of the shadow, maybe. Actually, this is the same like he's getting drunk. The work of the shadow, maybe. Give me another constitution uh, check, uh, Bowden. Oh, still, still, you're cast iron constitution, constitution of the dwarves. You're you're about eight pints of strong beer down at the moment, moaning, and uh, you've you started to sing now, which you, everyone else in the group now knows that you you've now beyond the point of no return as far as evening. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna turn to Sigma and say another ten minutes, and he'll get his horn out. <laughs> oh, I know too well. Cover your ears. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we all know we're drinking a bit too much. We always get the horn out. <laughs> all right. Do you want to do any any other questioning? I mean, I think you've got you've got some decent information. You think the immediate threat mm. is somewhere in the Gladden Fields, yeah. uh, from what rumours you picked yeah. up. Yet there may be a longer lurking threat deep underground under the mountains here. Yes. Uh, and yeah, that needs to be investigated. And and Monin, you might be best placed if you've access to dwarven miners to to help with that. Okay, but the Gladden Fields is is quite a journey for us, isn't it? From where we are, yeah, it's about it's nearly yeah. hundred miles, probably, and you've got to yeah. cross the Gladden. The Gladden's again, like coming down from the mountains. That river will be freezing. You'd need a, a boat definitely to get over that. Yeah. So there's, uh, and we're waiting here for a couple of days, aren't we? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So if there's nothing else you want to do tonight, that's fine. I can um, kind of wrap it and we move on to the mining or whatever or whatever else you want to do tomorrow. Yep. yep, fine. Okay. Oh, hang on, hang on, hang on, the horn, come on. Oh, come on, then, give me, give me, give me a blast on you, <laughs> a toot on the horn. <laughs> oh, I rolled that, it was a 16, it didn't show up on chat, damn it. Yeah, yeah right. The one that got away. Yeah, oh. <laughs> I like it. No, it's an eight. So, are you, are you, you're starting to, it's not terrible not your best work mode in either by any stretch of the imagination it's actually picking up a bit of tempo and you've you're standing on your chair at this stage and everyone else can see there's like a disaster waiting to happen you're rocking back <laughs> and forwards on this rickety chair you're banging your big boots on it trying to keep time blowing the horn and 
one of the miners pours a half pint of beer into the top of the horn as you're in mid, <laughs> mid, mid, mid blow. It pours into your mouth. You forget to blow and you suck. And then it goes straight into your lungs. And suddenly, in a very short order, your wonderful you're horn dead. playing is over. As you spray beer all over the place and you piss yourself laughing, all of the table are like, couple of people go falling over backwards on their chairs. They're pissing themselves so much. And uh, they say, ah, oh, next tomorrow, tomorrow, Master Dwarf, we need we need more of your horn um, as, as they uh, cheer you out into the night. <laughs> I will turn to Sigma and say, well, that went well. <laughs> I'm afraid I made a very astute point. <laughs> um, all right. You... Carry stroke like move moaning to the the uh, the rooms you've been given. Uh, it's a communal kind of bunk room. There are a few other folk in there. Fire's going quite low. You bank it up half as when you go in and uh, lie in a bed close to it. Hopefully by the morning you may well get rid of that exhaustion. But that's where you're up to. Any precautions, um, or are you just going to sleep? Just going to sleep. Yeah, I think mine will just fall that drunken asleep. Yeah, I've got Huan will be by my side. So if he starts growling, then he's my burger alarm. Okay, um, you don't know what time, probably two, three in the morning. And you're basically not sleeping very well because of the saw-like snoring coming from Moni's bed as he's lying there flat out, fully clothed, just looking at the ceiling. And he seems to his eyes are still open, but he definitely appears to be asleep. You're awoken, though, by shouts and screams from outside. You can hear a couple of sets of running feet and then sh- and shouting. What do you want to do? <clears throat> I will stir the dwarf, because I assume he will need to be roughly shaken awake rather than hearing all this. I'm not sure about everyone else. I'll grab my pointy things as well. Yeah, you, you wake up. You woke uh, moaning up. Moaning, you've got, like, it tastes like a badger slept in your mouth when you wake up. It's just horrible. Uh, and you've got a pounding behind the eyes, but you're not <laughs> too bad. Uh, and you're roughly woken by Hathus. Um, Sigmar and Wilfrida, what are you doing? I'll wake up too and uh, go and see what the shouting is, is all about. Okay. Um, so I'm assuming just normal clothes. Are you taking any weapons with you, or uh, you've got basically got, a dagger? Haven't got uh, I'll say you've got daggers or knives if you want. Yeah. Yep. Dagger and uh, a breastplate. He'll start trying to fasten the breastplate. Wait, have us, give us a help. Give us a hand with this. Okay. If I can, I will. Yeah, as we walk. Okay. I'm afraid you get, you're kind of dressed in little more than your underclothes. It's cold and the fire's damp down, but you run to the door, open it, and look out. And that's where we will leave this episode this time. Find out what happens next time, obviously. Don't know why I always say that. You know, it's obviously it's going to be. You'll find out what happens next time. Thanks very much for watching. Thanks very much for listening. Uh, for those of you who are subscribers, we've got four new ones again on YouTube. Big nineteen seventy five, Eric Sharma, and two anonymous people. Thanks very much. Nice to know that we're not doing this in isolation. If you need to get in contact with us, just look at the description. You'll see all the ways you can do that. Happy gaming. Cheers. Bye bye. <laughs>